It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I sell blue Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair with three guests. We've got the amazing, the wonderful, the fabulous A View from a Blue, Stephen Allwise. Good evening. And we've got also Stato Extraordinaire, Paul Denby. Good evening. And making his debut, new to the studio, we've just given him a full tour, taking a full 14 seconds. Uh, welcome, huge, very, very warm welcome to Nick Goldstone. Hi, good evening, thank you. Nice to have you. Uh, what we normally do with people on their first show is kind of ask them to think back all those years as a small child, being dragged, stood on a box on the Kipak Street or wherever it was. So your early memories then, Nick, of uh, your first trip to Main Road? Well, my first trip to Main Road, I'm not quite sure about, to be perfectly honest with you, but my uh, formative memories, I think, now start in the Cup Run of 1981. Being 43 years old, I was about eight at the time. And Stato will tell us the full rundown of the Cup Run in 1981. Who did we play getting to where we played Spurs in the final, I think, on that, on that occasion? We did. We played a mixture of uh, Palace 4-0, Norwich 6-0, Peterborough 1-0, Tommy Booth, I think it was, Everton 2-all at Goodison, then a 3-1 replay win, followed by 1-0 against Ipswich in extra time, Paul Power, 1-all, and then we don't talk about the replay. And we can all agree that there's not one piece of paper inside that's all done for it. That's why we call him Stato, you see. That's pretty impressive. Were you any of those games, you remember? Well, I was at the, uh, at the replay. But, um, uh, it, you know, it's, it's strange what you remember. I remember dancing around the radio listening to the replay with Everton, mm. with my dad, mm. with Bobby McDonald scoring a couple of goals. Um, I remember watching the 6-0 against Norwich on Match of the Day. Mm. Um, which was quite a rarity for us to be on much of the day um, in those days. So you didn't get to see that, that much of the team if you weren't a local in Manchester. Um, obviously, you remember Paul Power and his goal. And then um, the cup final, I remember watching on, on TV and then was at the replay. And when, when it happened, when the goal went in, my dad grabbed me by the hand and said, right, we're off. <laughs> and, that's it. and we left. 
<laughs> and and I kind sat of, in the car in tears on the way home. Well, and quite right too. We wouldn't think of anything else. Uh, and in terms of kind of heroes, who were kind of your childhood heroes of the day? Just to remind our listeners who were around in those days, who were who were the stars that you that you loved had pictures on your wall. Well, we we had a dog called Corrigan. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Corrigan was a big a big favourite. Um, the dog wasn't six foot four and a half as well, was it? He was a big lad, but he wasn't that big. No. Um, Don't know why I remember that Stato, but Joe Corrigan was six foot four and a half. Stato too. Um, Any others? Were there that many heroes around in those days? There were people like Bobby McDonald who always... He, Pablo Zabaleta-ish. Exactly. So ran, the character. ran his socks off and yeah. ran, ran for the shirt all day long. And um, Steve McKenzie for that goal, I think. Yeah. Uh, and the other one who'd run his socks off, rest in peace, Jerry Gow. Absolutely. Yeah, very recent uh, departed this, this world. Um, I was very lucky and very fortunate and very honoured to stand at the magnificent Crystal Palace Stadium uh, next to Mr Stephen Allwise at the weekend, um, listening to him, a uh, huge authority on the game. Uh, and I want to start with that uh, fairly easy 3-1 win. Uh, and, and Stephen, what pleased you most? I've written three things down, and you've got a choice. You can't say, well, all of them, of course. You've got to kind of choose one here. Was it Vinny's back and performed brilliantly? Was it two, Gabriel Jesus's debut, and pretty impressive at that? Or was it three, Willie in goal, keeping a clean sheet and actually making a couple of saves? So which one gave you most pleasure of those three? Or you may possibly throw in number four your own choice number four was probably sitting next to you and not realizing quite how much you had to drink to make you think it was 3-1 <laughs> um when we won 3-0 um oh, we i think it was a fairly comfortable win they were they were quite poor they'd made a few changes um pep seems to be going with a strong team in the cup um you know the likes of delve and caballero came in but Having seen Willie make a couple of saves, I think there's a fair argument to say he, he should be in the starting lineup more often now. Um, but I know we've covered the keeper situation to death on here. I think obviously company coming back is, is huge to play 90 minutes because we've seen him come back. I think his last game was Palace away as well, mm. where he was, mm. had to go off in the first half. So to see him come back and play the full game and look as dominant as he always did, yeah. You know, the challenge is to maintain that moving forward, but if he can remain fit, then he's clearly still our best defender and, and we miss him a huge amount when he's not there. So Stephen's not mem- mentioned Gabriel Jesus. He's sort of touched on all the others and added his own in. Uh, Stato, so uh, do, you, do you want to pick your own or is it one of the three that I mentioned that gave you most pleasure? I, I would just go for Gabriel Jesus, only on the basis that company fantastic that he's back he's got to prove that he's back for a period of time. So when he's played three, four, five games, not necessarily consecutively, but you know, maybe he has a rest for a game, then comes back again, and proves that he can last 90 minutes for four or five games, then I'll be really pleased for him. I mean, he still had some strapping on the knee. Yeah. Um, but as far as you're concerned, Nick, I mean, you haven't had the opportunity to talk about the goalkeeper situation. Uh, we have uh, every week. So I am going to give you, uh, again... 12 seconds uh, and that's it and we'll move on but do, do, do you have a strong view either way are you a give Bravo a chance because he's our chosen keeper or are you a Bravo out man just, just very quickly I, I'm a heart in man um, but um, it's not going to happen though is it well it, 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 it's very very unlikely and I'm not I'm not saying that in the sense that I expect him to be back um, I'm not a Bravo fan uh, it's not his fault the way that he came into the club but um, I've not been impressed with uh what he's done um, this year so far. 
Uh, I think it's not just about him. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'd give uh, Willie a chance on well, a regular basis. Well, that's why your time's up, so we have to move on. Uh, in terms of that, so that, that whole sort of clean sheet bit, because for me because of the goalkeeper situation, because of the back four, because of the ageing fullbacks, You know, we've looked very vulnerable, but Vinny made a huge difference, I felt, at the weekend. You know, he just, it, it, I think the combination of him and Willie, there seems to be a confidence, there seemed to be... We just didn't look like conceding at all. I didn't see a great deal of, of that game, but I would say that I was at the um, Spurs game last week, um, and I thought we looked better at the back, um, not least because uh, a lot of the cross-field passing along the six-yard line seemed to not be happening last week and has seemed to have uh, become less of an occurrence in the last two, three weeks. And I do think that's uh, made quite a, quite a big difference to our defensive performances. You didn't mention Gabriel. Here's your opportunity. Um, you did in your Twitter, I think, with your sort of 47,000 million followers would have seen that, of course. But uh, uh, being serious for a moment, you, you were impressed with him? Good, th- good start? I, th- I thought he did okay. I'm not going to get too excited. He didn't do well, you never get amount. You never get too excited anyway, Steve. No, very, he didn't, very he didn't controlled. do a, a too much on the ball, but he wasn't given that many chances. I think he had one shot that was blocked. Um, I mean, that was the first time I've seen him, apart from his 10 minutes off the bench. Everyone talks about his quality. You've got all the... Brazilian superstars talk about how good he is on the ball so I'm sure he is brilliant when he gets that chance I think what impressed me and reassured me was his application because the conditions in the second half especially there were thunderstorms hailstones torrential downpour but he put himself about he didn't shirk any challenge he went up for headers he competed against physically stronger defenders so we've already seen Brazilians at the club previously maybe not do that so much likes of Joe and Alana Rabinho. So if he's got that application and work rate, when he gets the chance in better conditions, I'm sure on the ball he'll be absolutely fine. And he does start to have a, a, a bit of a track record, doesn't he, as well? He's, he's quite aggressive. I think he's had quite a few cautions over the, uh, over the years as well. So he's got that, he's got that bit of aggression that, uh, that maybe we need, a bit of bite and that work rate that Stephen talks about. We, yeah, we need yeah that, definitely. We? From what, what I know of him, and it's not very much, to be quite honest, but he's a very tenacious player. He certainly gets stuck in, not afraid, despite being a little bit... When you look at him, a bit lightweight, but he clearly isn't because he's not afraid to get stuck in from what we've seen so far and what the reports are and the number of cards apparently he's picked up. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing this guy um, gel with the rest of the team. Does it give Pepper selection problem? He's not going to play two up front, isn't he, in many games? You, you wouldn't have thought. He's not going to play him and Aguero, I wouldn't have thought. Um, does this mean he's going to rest Aguero more? I mean, Aguero wasn't even on the coach, was he, um, for West Ham? They left him at home. I think we, we found out later maybe he's got a bit of a, a knock or something. This. I don't know if that's right or not. I think the best thing we could possibly have is a selection problem for the rest of the season. So you're happy with that and just sort of rotate the two? You think that's what's going to happen just depending on the game and the circumstances? Pep will pick the one that he he prefers at the time? I don't think it's necessarily just about either Aguero or uh, or Jesus. Um, It's it's perm any four from six, isn't it, really? Uh, And that's the... uh, the upside that we've got to uh, to uh, to work with for the rest of the season. I think it's too early to tell whether he's going to be really, really top class Jesus uh, in the Premier League from from what we've seen. But um, there are some very good signs from the first uh, couple of games that he's appeared in. I mean, I was impressed with him in the last eight nine minutes against um, Spurs. He had a spark. He won a couple of headers. 
Um, scored you know, a perfectly good goal. Scored a fantastic goal. <laughs> And it took me about 30 seconds to realise that it was offside. Yeah, it <laughs> took him about a minute. <laughs> but what, what's exciting about having him up there is when you have Sané one side and Sterling the other, we're just quick and we're, they're so young and exciting. And for parts of this season, the football's been a bit predictable. Like sort of, it's not a criticism, of course, of De Bruyne or Silva, but they want the ball to feet and they need other players running off them. And when you've got Yaya as well, another one, you might have too many attack-minded players who aren't making those runs. But if you've got De Bruyne and Silva having the option of releasing it over the top to Sané, Sterling, Aguero, Jesus, there's going to create so many chances. Navas, again, has the pace, not always the end product. But there's... When you say some... not always, you mean, nev- <laughs> never. you mean never. Yeah, let's be clear here, never the end he product. He did once score in a, in a Capital One Cup, I think, against Everton. But you've got so many options going forward that... Yeah, it's not going to carry on. We create so many chances and don't finish them. I mean, Stephen makes the point. I think I tweeted when we heard the selection. This this team's got pace, and and, and it did. And they made a number of changes, which meant that probably we we're always going to be favourites. Let's be honest, because as, as Stephen said, you know, he picked a pretty strong side. But that is an exciting lineup, isn't it? When you've got Jesus, you've you've got the Sarnes, the Sterlings. You've still got De Bruyne and Silva. I mean, it, it's a, it's a f- fantastic, fantastic attacking force. We've got. Yeah, from an attacking perspective, that is a great team. It's going to tear quite a few teams apart. As long as we can put the ball in the net when we create those chances, we will win quite a few games with three or four goals going in. Um, It's something to really look forward to, not only the rest of this season, but with Sane, Sterling, Jesus and that for going forward for the next two, three, four years. That is the optimism that's, that's there because we can also rotate the team a little bit and play different styles against different opposition. And that's what we should be doing. Let's talk briefly again about the defence then, because I think we're all agreed that going forward, provided we can convert those chances, and that hasn't always been the case, of course, this season in many games, and we can we can reel them all off, I'm sure. Just in terms of defensively, because again, Nick, you know, you've not had the opportunity on the show like we have for, for the last few weeks to talk about the defence. What, what's your view? Clearly, transfer window closes. In fact, probably by the time the show's goes, show goes out, it's probably closed. doesn't look as though we're going to be making any signings at all, I, I would imagine. We don't tend to. The top six don't tend to do that it tends to be the summer window that we go for it's a bit 2008 that isn't it deadline day signings it is and it's it's uh, any any tv programs are going to put three and a half hour show together with what's going on will be a bit of a challenge um so it's clearly we're going to be sticking with what we've got i guess and and, and your thoughts about defense how, how we're going to sort of shape up for the remainder of the season clearly with company back we've touched on stones is a bit of a concern Hasn't, hasn't really come through. He's had a couple of wobbly performances. He's not using him every week, is he? Yeah, he, he is a bit of a concern. Um, you know, we know we've got an issue with the full-backs to a certain extent. Um, we probably don't need to repeat all of that again. But, I, uh, you know, I am um, of the view that a lot of the defensive issues have been, at least in part, created by uh, the way that we've played this year not necessarily just about the personnel um as i say in the last couple of weeks so you're criticizing pep then you're coming on here on your debut and criticizing the greatest coach on the planet just to be clear for our listeners to understand this is nick goldstone (laughs) ladies and gentlemen on his first show on the man city show criticizing the great pep guardiola now he listens every week nick so here's your opportunity where's where's he going wrong well hopefully it's constructive criticism we look Um, forward to it tell us what what's going on then well you know, I think that it's uh, it's been proved by the results and the performances that um, the style that Pep maybe would ideally like 
to play uh, um, defensively um, is not ideally suited to the Premier League and is not ideally suited to the players that he's got at his um, disposal. Um, the last couple of weeks, I think we have seen better defensive performances because there has definitely been more of an onus on the goalkeeper and the defenders to clear the ball when it's right to do so rather than look for a pass um, across the penalty area back to the keeper um, or uh, back to one of the other the 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 the, the um, other defenders so you've seen you've actually seen pep changing his system you you've actually seen evidence of that where he said in the past i'm not going to change this is the way i play football this is the way my team's going to play football you've actually you reckon you've seen a, a change you, you noticed that Stephen? not not massively to be honest um i think perhaps the improvement against spurs where i thought we were brilliant for 90 minutes was more about controlling the game in midfield i think he went back to the type of system he used at the start of the season with Yaya in that kind of deeper midfield role whereas it was Fernandinho and then he had Silva and De Bruyne as central midfielders but obviously they're going to go forward and we just controlled the game better than we have done previously he seemed to like Kolarov in there for these long diagonal passes um, which is fine when we boss the game I think we all know that he's got huge weaknesses when he's when he actually has to defend um, I think I don't think Pep He's going to change his system too much. I think he should adapt to a degree because, as Nick said, we don't quite have the players to play the style that he wants. So I do think until he has the chance in the summer to rectify that, he does need to adapt to be a bit more pragmatic. I'm not sure we've seen a huge amount from that uh, of that from him so far. Do you want to? I've got another question for you, Paul. But just want to just touch on, on on that quickly as well. The sort of the the change in style, whether he has really changed or, or not really. I think you see it occasionally. Uh, the best example, of course, is the second half against Barcelona, where he clearly changed the style and went much more direct and over the top, and it caused them problems. And he's done that. I think he did a little bit of that against Arsenal in the second half when we went from one 0 down and managed to turn that game around. Um, so I've seen bits of it, not seen it consistently, but I think he, he will adapt and he is adapting. I'm not sure he'll do it every game. I think he'll still prefer the passing technique because that's what Pep's about. But I think he adapts a little. And with uh, we've talked about Aguero and, and Jesus, uh, although we've had about four different pronunciations of his name, which I'm sure we'll find out which is the right one eventually. Uh, with Fernandinho back and, and Yaya, who's back in favour and has done OK, any thoughts on, on that in terms of, again, is he going to alternate is he going to prefer one to the other what, what's your view on that i think he's got a great selection problem to be honest i mean we, as we said we've got a fantastic attacking options going for, going forward effectively in the midfield then you can play fernandinho i'm not sure whether fernando's available on the bench it's a problem i'm glad he's got and i don't but he gets paid a massive amount of money to, for making those selections against west ham tomorrow i wouldn't change it too much if they're all fit you go with a winning team and, and see what we can do against West Ham. We've, we've got for the next three or four weeks, until we get back into Euro, European games, it's actually three weeks, we've got nice little gaps. We've got West Ham tomorrow night, Tuesday night, then we've not got a game till the Sunday. Wednesday night. Oh, sorry, Wednesday, I beg your pardon, I'm losing track of my days. Wednesday, no game then till uh, Sunday. Then we've got another gap till the following Monday, a week on the Monday. Yep. Uh, so it's, we, we can play whatever team he feels like. Then we've got to concentrate on the squad. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll come and talk about that after, after this very short break. We'll be straight back. 
give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? Uh, well, no, that's that's the acting. <laughs> from behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star trekking across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. Welcome back. Uh, let's carry on talking about the FA Cup if we can, because we now know who we're going to be playing in the next round, and it's uh, the uh, the famous 10-1 Huddersfield Town. Um, do you remember, I can't remember, 80... 1987, <coughs> November the 7th. <coughs> Thank you, Stato. <laughs> He's back again, Stato. Th- three players scored a hat-trick that day. Go on, well, then, you kick us off, then, with this. Uh, come on, Stato, we need to know, come on, come on. Oh, oh it, Nick can help us. Well, I'm yeah. not going to help, I'm just going to ask if you know if any other team has achieved that. What, a 10-1 win? Three players scoring a hat-trick in the No, that was game. the only time that it had happened in, in English yeah. football. I'm not sure if it happened. Well, what about when Arbroath beat Bonacord 36-0? That wasn't in English football. And I was, was going to say, that was British football. So I'm, I'm, you, in, with 36-0, surely players scored three hat-tricks in that. But maybe in English football, maybe not. Is that still the record, the 36-0 Arbroath Bonacord? I believe so. Because our both are my, my favourite Scottish team as a result of that. And when I was on holiday as a small Who's boy... Who's their current captain, Michael? <laughs> yeah, um, mm-hmm. Jimmy McTavish, I think. <laughs> uh, I think you'll find it is, yeah. Uh, and I was on holiday, uh, as you do in Blackpool. Uh, for a weekend, and there was a, an, an ex-Arbroath player there. So the combination of meeting a, as a small boy, someone who played for Arbroath, and knowing they beat Bonacord 36-0, Arbroath are my team, with Jimmy McTavish. What, what a player. What a player. Strong, strong midfielder. Tattoos all, all, all over his face. He's a great, great player. Jimmy, will you look at you Google him after the show? Jimmy McTavish, captain okay. of Arbroath. Scottish under-21s he played for as well. Never made the, not, never had a full cap for Scotland. Can I just ask you, what show are we doing tonight? Welcome to the Arbroath Smoky podcast. Straight from Arbroath. Um, where were we? Uh, we were talking about Huddersfield. Yeah, Huddersfield Town. Very quite right. So three players got hat tricks. Thank you very much. Um, and it would have been in your era. You would have remembered that as a small child. And uh, Pep's taking this quite seriously. So we're going to take a decent side there. And uh, you'd like to think we're going to book our place in the next round. You'd, you'd like to think. You'd like to think, indeed. Um, I think they're doing quite well in the championship this year. Um, they've got a new manager who was Klopp's number two, I think, at Dortmund, and their best mate. So. Um, Look, you don't want an away draw, but to avoid a Premier League team's a bonus. Pep, as I said before, is playing a strong team. He's making a handful of changes, but that's because, as we've said, we've got a good squad um, and these players who aren't getting a chance every week in the Premier League, so they need to play. Um, Why we've seen now we've got a situation where we've got two non-league teams in the last 16 because managers aren't taking it seriously is, is, the, is the charge. 
Is is that a fair charge? I mean, clearly it is, because people are making 10, 10, 11 changes, going into games, underestimating teams from a lower league, and we've got a situation where it's just not important to them. They'd rather either get into the Premier League or stay in Europe or, or whatever else. I'll just answer your last question first. Adcock, Stewart and White. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who scored the other? McNabb. He scored the first goal. And another... You know who scored the Huddersfield goal that day? It was next City player, Andy May. Mm. Did he? Yes. Mm. Right, anyway, back to your question. Um, why do teams... Um, I, I, I think it's, it's money, isn't it? At the end of the day, Leeds obviously want to get promoted to the Premiership. It was a big risk. They're prepared to take risks. Klopp clearly wants... Um, he still thinks he can win the Premier League. Big match against Chelsea this evening. Uh, so he rested too many of his players against Wolves. They're, they're taking risks in the FA Cup, and it's not paying off for some of the teams. Other teams have taken risks and have managed to get through. So... That's, it's, it's money. Simple as that. Simple as that, Nick? Yeah, I mean, the FA Cup, the FA don't do themselves any favours at all. Um, they have the fourth round this weekend just gone with a full uh, Premier League uh, list in the middle of this week. You know, I mean, how many times do we have a midweek um, game anymore these days? It's only a couple of times a year. They do it the week after the FA Cup. Um, when you get to the later rounds, I mean, I think the Cup's hugely important to us uh, this year. Um, but when you get to the later rounds, there is, uh, if we're still in the um, Champions League, we'll end up in the same situation as last year uh, with an FA Cup game and a Champions League game within a couple of days of each other. And at that point, I think we will play a weekend team. Um, so... But pe- people are talking, Stephen, about sort of putting different incentives in place to, to make people, make managers take it more seriously. Are you, any of those, are you a fan of any of I those? Or just, just, just leave it as it is and just let managers make it's the hard decisions? Because we've seen probably the last five or six years the EFL Cup, which was the Capital One Cup, it's almost grown in importance. It used to be the competition where you blooded the kids and you didn't really care if you were knocked out. But it, it's almost, I think it's six or seven games. And if you get to the final, it's the end of February and you can have won a trophy. Um, and rather than, as Nick said, the FA Cup and you might have to then catch up on other fixtures at the end of the season. And it, it, it I mean, I'm not someone who's grown up and, you know, used to watch FA Cup final day from eight in the morning and follow it all through. It's just, you know, it's another day out at Wembley. Um and City are lucky we've got a big squad we've got quality and depth um, but I don't think you can blame Klopp really three or four days ahead of a big game against Chelsea where he values the Premier League as higher um, than the FA Cup I don't think you can have a go at him for making too many changes there's always going to be a, a a draw for, for the lower league teams to actually win but I just think it's the makeup of the competition at the minute it's not it's not an attraction for the bigger teams you heard any decent suggestions other than going back to eight from eight o'clock in the morning having FA Cup Day? Because I, I saw your reaction. You were, oh, you remember love, it well, didn't you? I, I do, and I used to love it to knock out in the morning with. Um, um, no, it, it's a difficult one. It's getting the balance right again. Uh, having these midweek fixtures straight after the fourth round was ridiculous uh, timing. Um, but that's the Premier League and FA getting together to arrange the fixtures. So. Uh, it's, it's a real difficult one. I, I would be upset if we picked a really weak team. I know why we did it against Chelsea last season in the FA Cup. I understood Pellegrini's reasoning for that, but I would be really upset if when we play Huddersfield in a couple of weeks' time, 
that we end up playing a weak team because we've got Monaco three days later. Because I think we've got the, the depth of the squad where we can play a reasonably strong team against Huddersfield and a very strong team against Monaco, injuries permitting. You, that's right, isn't it? I would have thought, isn't it, Nick? That's yeah, how you'd like to see it as well. Absolutely. Can we just quickly, before we move on to sort of our, our next few games coming up, uh, transfer deadline day is today. Um, and I suppose, having touched on it earlier on, we hear that there's probably only one significant move for City, and that's young Angelino, who's going off to Mallorca for his holidays. Is that kind of... That's the only one I've heard. I don't think there's anything else that's uh, happening. Anybody heard any other rumours, or is, or is that about it? There's a couple of the youngsters moving out on loan, and that's all I've heard as well. Because so. yeah, Angelino went with Maffeo to Girona, but couldn't even break into the squad, so I think we've very quickly recalled him, sent him out again. He's someone that... A couple of years ago, I thought I had a lot of ability, a lot of talent, especially going forward, technically um, excellent as kind of a young Spanish kid, but, but hasn't really kicked on since then. Um, so you can understand why. Uh, Nick, let's talk about our next game then, which happens to be tomorrow night at uh, in the capital against uh, the mighty West Ham United at the magnificent London Stadium. As an athletic stadium, but as a football stadium, crap. Mm-hmm. Um, so your thoughts about that in terms of what you saw from the team at the weekend Are we, we, do you envisage many changes is Fernandinho coming back is he going to persevere with Caballero are we going to keep Jesus up front there's a, I don't know there's three or four I've thrown out there and happy for anybody to pitch in in terms of thoughts feelings about how we might line up I think it's a great problem to have as I said earlier to have that many options in uh, selecting the team um, I think it's a very important game. I think we are starting to get back a little bit of momentum um, in the last couple of weeks. It's a huge week in the Premier League with Liverpool and Chelsea and Arsenal and Spurs playing each other at, um, at various points over the next week and a half or so. Um, and um, it's a massively important match for us tomorrow night. Uh, who do we play? I I would probably lean towards putting Fernandinho back in, given it's away at West Ham. I would probably expect Aguero to be back um, for who I don't know. Uh, and other than that, that's up to Pep, isn't it? Very good. Uh, Stato, your, your thoughts on, on team selection for West Ham? Because you, you know these things. You, you always get it spot on most weeks. I try. Um, Fernandinho probably come back in tour uh, Yo-Yo probably deserves a rest anyway he's play, played quite a bit uh, Aguero should play again give Jesus Jesus whatever we should call him a, a break as well De Bruyne of course didn't play at the weekend so he could come back in for Silver or Sterling so many options I, I'd be surprised if Fernandinho and Aguero did not come into the team and the others dropped to the bench I think it'd be, be a big ask of company to play another 90 minutes after after so long out They've got Carroll up front, who you'd expect would be their biggest threat. Pep seems to like Otamendi and Kolarov. While company's been out, he seems to have liked them as kind of his taller, more physical defenders. So I'd be surprised but pleased if Stones were selected. Um, I think we'll be back to Otamendi and Kolarov. Fullbacks could be anyone. I'd go with Sanya, but I mean, who knows? Um, I agree with what the guys have said. Fernandinho will come back in. De Bruyne will come back in. Um, I'd be tempted to give Sterling a rest. Actually, he's been a bit hit and miss recently. I, uh, I mean, I, I have to say, I, I would love to see Aguero and Jesus uh, playing together 
for uh, a period just to see how they get on. I think it's a very exciting competi- uh, combination, potentially. You don't see it happening tomorrow night against West Ham away, do you, surely? That's, uh, I, I, I could possibly see it against Swansea at home at the weekend as opposed to West Ham tomorrow, a home game against... A, all right, Swansea did beat Liverpool at the weekend, so or last week. It's, it's not a foregone conclusion, never with City anyway, but maybe a home game you might try it against a, in theory, weaker opposition. I think it might help Aguero, though, because as, as strange as it sounds, given our attacking options, he has looked a bit isolated at mm. times. Mm. So to give him another very attack-minded player who can play right up alongside him and, mm. and play those one-twos, I think it might help. But are you going then with Nick's suggestion of doing that at West Ham? Or I don't know. You... Last time at West Ham in the Cup, he played a diamond, I think. Mm. And I think it might have been Sterling up front. So like, he, he seems to come up with a new system every week. He'll have thought about it. What, Neil Diamond? <laughs> Yeah. He, he plays for our growth as well, doesn't he? I think. Is he? He? Yeah, I think so. I think he's central a, midfield. No, he's, he's, he's a centre back. Okay. Centre back, okay. six foot three. Yeah, big tall, big tall, strapping lad. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily suggesting that he do that tomorrow night, but I wouldn't be uh, particularly displeased if he did. Okay. All right, and then we've got uh, Bournemouth, and as you said, Stato, we've got a bit of a break, and it's kind of Bournemouth then on the on the Monday. Um, down on the south coast yeah, Swansea the next weekend then Bournemouth the, sorry the you're following. quite right yeah. yeah sure so this is a time that we've really if we I don't think we can challenge for the league but we should be making sure to try to consolidate top four and I really think these next few games are really testing our ability to close that gap and overtake a couple of things they're playing each other they've got tough games our next run is, of course, West Ham, Swansea, Bournemouth. Then we've got a break because we're supposed to play uh, that team from across the other side of um, Trafford, and that's been postponed. So we've got uh, nine points that we should be getting from those three games, and the other teams playing each other. We've got to be looking to get up to second or third by the end of these three games because our tough run comes in March. So, so West Ham, and April. West Ham, Swansea, Bournemouth gives gives us that opportunity, doesn't it? You would you would like to think if we you said earlier on, I think that you know we're kind of going on a bit of a run now, and you can you've got that positive vibe. We're a bit bit better at the back. We've got new a new attacking force coming in. We've got company back. You'd like to think we could go on this run. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think, wildly optimistic and unrealistic to expe- expect us to be challenging for the title, and I, and I don't expect that to be the case, but there is a massive opportunity in the next two, three weeks to get properly back in the mix of the, uh, uh, the top four. Um, and, yeah, it's all about momentum. You know, We've got Champions League back in a few weeks. Um, Pep needs the feel-good factor to return I think um, and you know bad results or mediocre results against any of those teams are going to not go down particularly well with the masses I don't think or indeed the people on this podcast I would have thought um, so we've talked about potentially a, a, a decent opportunity with these next three games can you just sort of fast forward to Monaco for us as well Stephen because of all the draws we could have got um, Pretty pretty happy about that one. I would have thought just because we're not. It's a while since we've uh, since that was made, and it's kind of suddenly coming into focus all of a sudden. We've really not talked about the Champions League, but I think we can start just focusing on that. Yeah, a bit. I think I think as you said, one of the better draws avoided the real big hitters. Um, but then you do read about kind of Monaco being, I think, the top scoring side in in the top five leagues in Europe. So they might have some fun against our defence. But I think generally, actually, this season Pep's been quite good in the big games. We beat United, we've beaten Arsenal. I thought we were very good 
um, for an hour against Chelsea and had De Bruyne's shot not hit the bar and gone in with 2-0 up and they should have been down to 10. Should have beaten Spurs. Should have beaten Spurs. We were brilliant. So I think in the big games, he seems to come up with a, a specific game plan. It's kind of your your Southamptons at homes, your Middlesbroughs, your Everton's, where we, we might just take our foot off the gas a little. But Monaco... I'm not sure it will be as easy as we all thought when the draw was made, but it's a relief not to get one of the real big teams. So before we go, let's uh, go around the table with some predictions then for our next game, uh, which is the uh, the West Ham game uh, at the magnificent London Stadium. So, so debut man, Nick, let's have your prediction then, please, for West Ham City tomorrow night. 2-1 to City. 3-1. 3-1. 3-1. It's 3-1 every time. We, we nearly got it. That's why I said 3-1 at the start of the show. That's what it was, because we not, predicted 3-1. the extra drink. It was, it was nothing to do with the extra drink, no. Exactly. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking about Arbroath, my favourite side, uh, on the Arbroath uh, show. Uh, huge thanks to Stato, to Paul Denby, to a view from a blue Stephen Allwise, and from an excellent debut. We'll definitely have him back, to Nick Goldstone. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.